All right, all right, all right. Welcome in. This is Toilets to Titles. This is episode number 217. We're talking dynasty rookies, how they're affecting the fantasy football landscape. We're talking some ADP. I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Eric Froton at CFF Froton on the Twitter. How are we doing this evening? Doing great, chefs. Thank you very much for having me on. Very excited. You know, we're uh, we're about a week out. We're going to be flying into Indianapolis for the scouting combine. So uh, just doing some last minute prep before I head in there to make sure I'm, I'm geared up and ready to go. Yeah, man. So you're the lead college football analyst for NBC Sports. But what's really impressive, your stats, 67% plus CFB player props record over the last four years. Talk about it. Yeah, it's not just over the last four years. It's actually higher. It's 69% over the last four years. But I've hit at least 67% in each of the last four years on my uh, my NBC YouTube morning show on the NBC Sports YouTube network every Saturday morning during the fall and uh, and during my columns, which I also put up on NBC Sports. So very proud of that. And thank you for mentioning it, of course. Yeah, hell yeah. And last year, I know you came on. I think you came on before the NFL draft. We talked some props. So we'll, oh, we'll yeah. chat off air. I'd love to get you on again because that's my favorite. Like, I love betting the Super Bowl. I do all sorts of just – I probably do like 25 little prop bets. But I also – I feel like I'm more knowledgeable with the NFL draft. So I feel like I have more of a shot. Like the, the Super Bowl is more of a crapshoot for me. Whereas the NFL draft, I feel like I, I, I'm, I'm reading the tea leaves. You know what I'm saying? So we'll have to link up for that. Oh, well, the NFL draft, it's that's when you get out the uh, you know, do you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. Yep. Of course, the there's this the Charlie meme where he's got the giant board behind yeah. me. probably looks like what I have behind me, yeah. and he's going like this. And yeah. you know, and, and, and you can see that's when you get out the conspiracy wonky, you know, right. you put everything up and and start moving the pieces. That's that's NFL draft time when you come for the real degenerate gamblers. It's it's funny how we say, like, um. You know, it's it's lying season, you know, and it's and it's and it's conspiracy season, and it's like it's only a lie or conspiracy to me if it doesn't fit my narrative. Like, you know, like, Absolutely. like, you know, I'm, I'm like, it's it's I, I pick and choose, but it's it's hard, man, because like I know I, I I like tweet out kind of, especially for the Cowboys. So the so you know I'm I'm here. I do this analysis for Dynasty. I love fantasy football. I love scouting prospects, but like my my heart and soul is with the Cowboys. So usually like I kind of lean it towards like the players I, I want to see go to that team. And then for this, I, I lean towards players I want to pick on my dynasty team. But um, I track, like I tweet like once a month or so, like, hey, this is a player I really like. And then I'll go back and I'll look at the guys I wanted and how it changed. And like, did it change due to news coming out, due, due to a bad test score, due to a bad combine score? It's, it's funny watching it evolve. Absolutely. You know, and as you... And just to speak to your point, I'm here to confirm priors. Exactly. When it comes to conspiracy, I'm confirming priors. <laughs> no new information will be allowed in this cranium. No way. Anyways, but um, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's sort of for me, it's I'm starting with these guys when they're freshmen because I'm a college fantasy football analyst. Also, I really, you know, a C2C enthusiast get into the Debbie space as much as I can. And, and I'm looking at these guys for how are they going to perform at the collegiate level first and foremost, before I even, I even consider what their NFL projections are. I am looking at these players on a week to week basis and, right. pro, and projecting their week to week player performance. So um, it's nice to go back and look at them with a little bit more minutia when during the season, I'm inhaling games. I'm putting up 15 to 20 a week. Like I, I want to make sure I get 20 in a week where I can watch at least, you know, at least the 20 minute super clips, you know, sort of a thing. Right. Um, and to get an eye on these guys. But when you, you pull it back and you have the full scouting view, it certainly allows you to, uh, to dial in on some tendencies and pick out some nuances that I, I simply don't have time to during the season. Because the clock is ticking. As soon as one game's done, I, I, I'm I'm seconds away from the next Saturday when I have to put out 30 plays, which you know thousands of people are watching my show and putting their money on. So right. I have to be in the moment. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean right. when it's right. uh, when it's that time. Yeah, and it kind of shifts. Like 
I imagine when you're watching something for production now versus for de development and production later. So I originally, like when I first started doing analysis in, in the, in the form that I do it probably like seven years ago, it was just highlights, right? Like eight years ago, rookie highlights. And then oh, it was so few resources to, to dive into. Absolutely. You do what you could. I didn't really know, like, you know, you kind of like, I figure it out along the way and then ask people, that's what I love about this community. You know, people like you, um, Dane Brugler, you know, Trevor Sikoma, like I've, I've had analysts uh, gracious enough to kind of lead me, you know, along the way, like, Hey, you know, this is what I look at. This is what I look at. So my process has developed. And as of late, I used to start watching prospects like September, October, you know, when the cow or, or like if the Cowboys were out of it right away, I'd watch it. You know, now I started, this was the first year that I started actually doing player profile. So go to toiletstitles.com. Anybody listening at home, go under the NFL draft column. We have a 60 player big board right now. We have about 55 of those players written up, probably about 70 players written total. But I started working on those profiles. I want to say like May of last year. So I'm not, I'm not four years. I'm not freshman like you going back to like to when they start but my process slowly but surely keeps being pushed further and further back oh absolutely absolutely and that's just uh that's part of the fun you know that's why we're out here and and you know having the chat and gosh those guys like dame brugler and, and trevor you know they're they're such excellent analysts when it comes to projecting the nfl draft and while i feel good about my projections you know it it should be noted that um, my bread is buttered at the collegiate level in a, right. in a way that they aren't. So I, I do have a, I think a different perspective of these guys from, from the ground up um, though. Those guys are like two of the best. Okay. Yeah, so, so David wanted to know, did you do karaoke at the hotel last expo and happen to jump on the tables? I love how he frames it as if it's a question. Did yeah. I do that? <laughs> David knows damn well I did that. Of course. <laughs> Not only did I do that, I want to make sure that that you know everybody understands here. Not only did I do karaoke, right? But I had done karaoke for the previous two years, all right, at Jose's Landing at the expo and uh and brought the house down. Specifically, the year prior, brought my coworker Denny Carter on stage, promised him he could do the Bowie parts. Right. You gotta pro you're gonna get Danny on stage, bro. He's he's gotta be doing Bowie. Fair. Uh to do under pressure. I took the Freddie Mercury parts, somehow hit the high note to get out. my my deeper voice. Uh, dude, I got it. I, I hit it. Man. And we we brought the house down during that performance, and it allowed me to kind of have some cachet with Bob Lung, the great Bob Lung, organizer of the fantasy football. So I say, Hey Bob, you know, hey, what if we brought karaoke to the hotel? or to the area, as opposed to everybody having to try to go off site to some dive bar that nobody can get Ubers back from because it's 3 a.m. in Canton, Ohio. Right. And so uh, I was able to make some sense. And then we got it in the lobby. And so I knew that we were going to have like five hours of just, this is everybody here. It's not like right. the late night stragglers. Like you got to perform. Right. So I knew there was a lot of pressure. Right. So what I wanted to do is do something a little different than what everybody else is doing because everyone's going to be watching three hours of karaoke. What can I give them? It's a little different. So not right. only I knew the table, the table jump was a given, right? That was happening. All right. right? That was baked in, but I want to do something a little different in, in creativity wise. So I channeled the immortal weird Al Yankovic. Oh, get right? out. Yeah. Right. And while I didn't, well, I didn't do one of his songs. What I did was, uh, on the drive from Nashville, where I was visiting my parents, where they live, up to Canton, I live and listened to a whole bunch of songs in the way. I waited for one to kind of hit me, and boom, a song hit me. And I was like, I am changing the lyrics to that. I'm repurposing it, a la Weird Al Yankovic. And that song was Cult of Personality by mm. Living Color, the immortal Corey Glover singing, uh, Vernon Reed on lead guitar, and... I took that song and turned it in the cult of NFL fantasy Perfect. instead of the cult of personality and repurposed the lyrics to fit that and such. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if the, you know, the, you guys want a rendition of it. May, I but, mean, you could give us, give us the hook. 
Give us the hook. Give us give us the chorus. Okay, so some of my um. So, okay, so uh, not I have to put gonna... you on the spot. Uh, I have to remember the repurposed lyrics. It was the song. It'll be fine. Um. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. Well, we could do. You could remember it, and we could close out the show. Okay. Yeah. That that's what I'll have to do. Remember it, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the that's show. And then, and... Let me pull up the lyrics, and right. then I'll be able to to repurpose them. I like it. Let's close now. Up was sorry, the guys. it's all I... no because now they have something to look forward to, and, and for me that's a tease. <laughs> I gotta be that, ready gets for the, that. that makes them stay. You know, till the I mean, end. Now they're gonna stay. Pulling it up as we speak here. So but yeah, was, let's rock and roll. Was the karaoke before or after the flag football competition? Oh, that was the closer. So that karaoke. was after. So, it was after the flag football competition where I, I I strained every. I mean, I pushed my body to the limits. Right. Did everything I possibly could. I shoving people like I I was full two hand. Right. It seemed like they were letting things go. So when we played the Des Bryant team and we were right. lining up against them, there's these young kids. I got right up and and full on two handed some some sixteen year old in the chest, 16. and uh, and you know got a nice little PBU out of it. But now uh, now if you were if you were to play in a flag football you want, you competition, you don't want me facing up on you. If you can get by me, like it's on. But six three two zero five, as we discussed, power forward. AAU basketball player, right. you know, college power forward. If no, you were no to play joke. in a flag football competition and say you were to win, what would you sing at the, the karaoke uh, after the competition? Something epic, well, I, I suppose. Well, you have to go with We Are the Champions, right. of course. I mean, right. that's, that's you know, standard fare. Right. Um, but uh, it all depends on kind of the, the mood I'm feeling, how the crowd right. is. Yeah, It's yeah. all about song selection. You got you got to fit it if it's – um. You know what's one I've been waiting to do? If if you get kind of uh maybe around our age, maybe in that like that that 35, 45 range-ish, you know, I've always wanted to do Possum Kingdom by the Toadies. I really? haven't done that yet. Yeah, right. that's one I've always wanted to do. If there's some ladies in the house, uh Deborah by Beck off of Midnight Vultures. You guys okay. probably I'm speaking Swahili. Yes, everybody. Yes. Go back, Beck. Beck's Beck's legit. Everybody knows Beck. Right. But uh, 1999, Mid- Midnight Vultures, the final song in the album is Deborah, and he performed it at the 2000 VH1 Music Awards, and that live sh- performance is fire. Hell yeah! I promise you, you will be you will be entertained if you go and check that out. I want to do that. I want to do Beck's 2000 VH1 Music Awards performance in karaoke. But it's there's got to be some ladies there. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Can't so, do that one of the dudes. We'll we'll no. move on. We'll move on to NFL draft discussion. I'm just gonna get one more. If I'm gonna do karaoke, it's my way by Frank Sinatra. I I'm love a crooner. It. I'm a crooner. Oh, old hey. soul. You know, old soul man. That that would be that would be how, how I'd get it done. But all right, let's move on, man. So you were at the Senior Bowl this year. I missed I've you. Seen, I was, I've seen Richard Cheese in concert three times. So really? if you want crooners, let's let's you know let's roll. So we can anyway, yes, yes. Maybe we could do like the Rat Pack, like uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. Hey, hey, hey. well, yeah. I, I'm not afraid. I, 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 let's do it. Let's yeah, do we'll, it. We'll we'll, we'll, fi- yes. we'll we'll figure it out. All right, yeah, I'm in. I'm sa- I'm I'm disappointed. I missed you at the Senior Bowl this year. We were out. Uh, we were up in uh, Killington, Vermont, on a snowboarding expedition with children. So, oh, I'm sorry you went to you were snowboarding at Killington. How were yes. those catwalks, huh? Oh, yeah, you love getting out and pedaling across the mountain. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, when it, that, it's not made for snowboarders. No, I, it's I tough. Hated it's, Killington. Yeah, no offense. So, Big so, mountain. Where I where I'm from, it's it's uh small mountains and it's all ice. I'm in the Hudson Valley. So cool. Killington to me, I won't I, I don't mind, you know, I I'll even walk past the catwalks and then put my board on and ride but it, it, it was beautiful but i missed the senior bowl i'll be there next year i want to get into some of your adp i saw some of the t2t guys and girls you know i saw some of the folks there though you know yeah, we, you guys are representing they, they they were representing but what were your initial thoughts kind of some surprises people that stood out to you people that disappointed you kind of what was your vibe coming out of the senior bowl Sure. One, it's a pretty fun collegial atmosphere. It was the first time I ever went. Uh, I had been to the previous two combines and will be the 
at the next one, uh, excuse me, previous three combines. So uh, this will be my fourth. And it's a lot more of a buttoned up affair. Yeah. It's pretty. And don't get me wrong. It's intimidating. You're in there in this, in this big room and it's, it's everyone. And, and then forget about that. Then you're in the after hours and you're right. at prime or you're at St. Elmo's. And I mean, it's NFL royalty amongst you. And it's uh, it's, you get starstruck at, at least three or four times, maybe more at there. But Last anyways. year I went face to face with Wink Martindale for a brief, like five seconds. <laughs> that was, that like, was no, uh, intimidating. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, do you want a, a beer? The security guard, no, it was actually at the, uh, he was trying to walk oh, okay. down to the field and the security guard wouldn't let him in. And I was like, you don't know who he, who this guy is. And then, uh, Atta boy. And Wink Martindale kind of looked at me like I was a jerk for, for like saying like, you don't know who, like I wasn't trying to, you know, like he, I don't know. Yeah. Was, you, you, you were trying, you're trying was, your best. <laughs> it was weird. It was a weird like exchange. Like I, it was very bizarre, but yeah, that, that was an experience I had. You, you, you big timed for Wink Martindale. That's what I mean. Yeah. And then he like, kind of was like, what? Like I'll go through the process. I'll do what I need to do. So I was totally. like, Oh, sorry. Totally. Well, I'll get around and actually answer your question instead of going off on a little senior bowl versus combine tangent there. And uh, I was pretty much, you know, lockstep focused on the skill position players, you know, since we are kind of on the fantasy side, right. I, I go back and, you know, review. I actually been doing a lot of the, the film work on defensive players lately because I feel like I've, it's kind of a finishing class for the, the skill guys uh, for me because I am looking further down at high school, college type players. So uh, Roman Wilson, you know, we all wanted to see, he doesn't get a lot of reps. It's just the nature of the beast being in the Michigan back-to-back Joe Moore award-winning offense last year. Washington won the Joe Moore award for the the best offensive line in college football, but still Michigan was like, you know, top three will survive national championship, Michigan. We're not worried about the OL, but um, you know, the nature of that, that offense is they they have an absolute incredible defense. They have one of the best defensive coordinators in college football, who's now in the NFL level and Jesse Minter. And can he go out there and win on a consistent basis, one-on-one with some of these elite cornerbacks um, in a way that, you know, he really didn't get the opportunity to show on the same level as somebody who's in an air raid offense, who's just right. getting a check to him all the time. It's just, it's just going to be different. And, I was a I was optimistic because again from a week to week player evaluation um, you know point of view I was looking at him in 2022 pretty often where he had some very artificially low college football props lines you were seeing him listed in the low 20s a lot and every time you'd watch the game would they throw it you know, probably five times that's a, that's a light load. For a college wide receiver, you know, especially to be considering any kind of an over, you, you really have to have more of a, a deep threat profile for me to be more comfortable with that. Um, but dude, he every opportunity I'm, I'm watching the film and he's his breaks are so clean, his defensive manipulation. You know, he's he's not just making just running down one cut and he's he's getting into his route. There's multiple feints and head fakes and and shakes that. Oh, oh, is it going to be now? No, no. And he's just the him and and Lad McConkey and Ricky yeah. Pearsall all have that same element of that craftiness and that short area quickness, the ability to hit those bounce routes, whip routes, and with Pearsall especially, just seeing it in person, what he did on tape at Florida, which Billy Napier there, the former Louisiana coach, runs like a, a three back system that is rotating. This year they shortened it to Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne, Travis Etienne's brother is now at Georgia. But um, they, uh, you know, his ability to contort his body and reach back and, you know, his footwork is much better in terms of his release. You know, that's something you get to see at the senior bowl. You don't get to see on film, but he was making the signature plays of just incredible hands and just, the ability to go across the middle and run any type of route and set it up with multiple fakes and to make the spectacular jumping, you know, ball tracking ability 
that you want to see. And, you know, you're seeing slot receivers eat pretty well in the NFL if they have the right skill set nowadays. So, um, you know, guys like that with that profile, maybe a little bit of outside, but primarily inside, like McConkie, Wilson, and Pearsall, those guys were all great. And I, and I think in terms of standing out, those three all kind of stood out to me. So with, with McConkie, when I watch his film, my comp for him, I see a lot of Josh Downs. I see a guy who could work that intermediate, who is, is going to create large windows over the middle of the field. Like he's quarterback friendly, very quarterback friendly. I think Downs is slightly a bit more explosive, but they're both equally reliable. I think he can come in day one and have similar production Downs had in Indianapolis. Now, when I watch Roman Wilson, He'll be fun to watch at the combine. I'm interested to see what his straight line speed is. I think his three cone, pro, you know, his pro agility oh, stuff, that'll all be phenomenal. But I want to see if he has that straight line speed. But what, what stands out to me about Roman Wilson is when plays are extended outside of the pocket, he knows how to find holes in the defense right, right in the quarterback's passing lane. Like J.J. McCarthy would be rolling out left. And who comes rolling out into the back left end of the end zone? You know, Roman Wilson's there. I think a guy like Roman Wilson would fit in so well with a physical quarterback who knows how to extend a play. Like if you get him to Buffalo, you know, get him with Josh Allen, a guy who's going to be rolling out of the pocket, looking downfield. Like what everybody wanted Gabe Davis to be, obviously different body frames, different play. But like Roman Wilson can do all that. Like so, and I, I think, you know, obviously you, you put any of those wide receivers with Patrick Mahomes, they're going to produce. But with Patrick Mahomes, who knows how to extend a play, Wide receivers like like Roman Wilson who who know how like the breakaway drill. Like if you played football, like if you played wide receiver, you know, in practice, we run the breakaway drill where all right, broken play, you know, where are you gonna go? You're gonna go towards the sideline, you're gonna come back to the quarterback. And 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 that's some people know how to do that. It's just innate and it seems very innate with Wilson. Yeah, I agree. And in terms of his speed, you know, um, I have access to some of the Blesto and national uh, scouting services lines from their projections from the preseason. They had them four, three, five, four, four. So that is damn good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you, (laughs) Norman Wilson runs in the four, three, you know, eyes. He's his ticket is punched for the second round. And yeah, you know, he won't, he won't get in the first probably. You can't remember it. As soon as you start watching the draft, it's like every year I try to remind myself there are only so many first round picks. Yeah. You can only have so many first round picks. Yeah. Okay. Like that board starts getting really, really short, really fast. So, you know, and then your and, expectations. And then I listen to some analysts that are like really tuned in to the NFL circle. And I, I've been hearing that there's really only 20 players with first round grades in this class. So like I fall in love with prospects, you know, but there's, you know, there's guys who are going to be taking 21 through 32 who got second round grades, you know? So that's Personal when you preference. see, that's yeah. when you see a guy Personal like Tyler case. Smith. I know, I know we're talking, we're talking um, players, you know, fantasy relevant and Tyler Smith isn't, but I'm going to go back to the Cowboys. Uh, that's why a guy like Tyler Smith gets selected because he might not have had the first round grade, but the Cowboys believed in him. And they took him there and, and, and it ended up panning out for him pretty damn well. Well, yeah, I mean, he came in from Tulsa too. So he was yeah. like, they viewed him as, all right, we might need a little development. It's funny, right. during my pass of the tackles, that class, uh, he stood out as being uh, like impenetrable in right. terms of his strength. And it's like, ooh. Like Larry Allen. You polish him up a little bit. Oh, what could, what could he be? Yeah. And they saw the same thing. You know, it's another thing since we're on your Cowboys guy. Yes, sir. Uh, a guy that I loved that had a fifth round grade who me, me and Jerry were seeing the same things on uh, Ole Miss defensive end, Sam Williams. Right. Bro, his college tape was nuclear. Right. Dangerous. And the SEC is just abusing these big time SEC tackles. Right. Like you couldn't, you couldn't stop them. And I just, I looked at that. And as soon as the Cowboys took him the second round, one, I cut a video on him being a sleeper. I'm like, I can't believe he's not being talked about as one of the best edge players. And then they took him, and all I could think about is, oh my God, Sam Williams and Micah Parsons. Oh right. God, what and is they, that? They kind of like, like they look like twins too. Like they look very. Oh, yeah. uh, Dan, Dan Quinn. Dan Ooh, Quinn. He's a monster. Dan Quinn went to the Ole Miss pro day and worked Sam Williams out like in person. 
So you knew, like, Dan Quinn had his eyes on, on Sam. So that, so what a specimen that that guy is. Like, yeah, yeah, but the I, Cowboys I get totally get it with oh, the way Deron Bland is playing, guys, man. With, with the way Deron Bland is pl- playing, I don't know if they're gonna be able to pay. You know, Sam Williams is gonna have to have like a big year if he's gonna be the one to want to get the bag because one of those two is is gonna get it after this season. Yeah, totally get it. It's gonna be totally hard to pay it. him. All right, oh, let, let's yeah. get into some of these. Man. You had so you just wrote an article, uh, initial sleeper ADP rankings and analysis. So everybody go check that out. If you follow uh, Eric on Twitter at CFF Roton, if you're watching live, you can see it. His article I think is like fourth or fifth tweet down. Go check it out. You have some analysis. Uh, first you have like kind of the rounds and the ADP and then you have some analysis on the rounds. So I was looking through your analysis and it led me to some questions that I am going to deliver to you, right? I'm going to be comparing or rather you're going to be comparing players. I'm going to give you the question and I want you to kind of use the ADP to decide which player better value. And, and some of them you might say ADP don't even matter. This guy's a, you know, a better, a better value regardless, but we're going to start. All right, with Drake May, Jaden Daniels at their current ADP, you know, without knowing where they're going to end up. Because I feel like quarterback is the one position where, or one of the positions where landing spot is so damn important. And it's hard to really gauge that now because we don't know that information. But May or Daniels, which direction are you going? Yeah, you got, you got May at number three. Uh, according to Sleeper ADP, and you have Jaden Daniels at four. Obviously, you have the top two, Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr. at one and two. Um, I'm going with as ADP has it slotted. I am going to go with Drake May. I just think the upside is so huge for him. you got to remember with these two guys, Drake May is still a young 21, right, right. comes from a legendary athletic family. His dad was a, is a famous UNC basketball player. His, his brother played hoops. Drake May, another basketball player. As you know, Chips, I am a basketball player. Phenomenal. I believe that we are the best athletes in the world and we can play anything. Right. So uh, as, a, as a hooper, you know, I, I do put stock into that. And you see it in his ability to run in terms of, how many yards he's accounted for. I think he's, he leads all of college football over the past few years. You forget about that ability that he does have, just like Jaden Daniels does. But, you know, I do think that he's three years, two and a half, three years younger, almost. Right. You know, right. Jaden Daniels, that's a big difference because Jaden Daniels at Arizona State was not Jaden Daniels at no. LSU, you know, even two years ago. And I was lucky enough to see him throw. Uh, this summer at the Elite 11 Finals Camp at Redondo Beach, where both Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix were counselors. And, you know, it's uh, it goes to show he looks great. I, I like his, his smooth, over-the-top, repeatable delivery. You see him making plays from the pocket and dropping some beautiful throws to Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors, who are both, uh, you know, Neighbors is elite elite. Brian Thomas is... I've seen, I think, comfortably more than not seeing him going in the first round. We'll see if that materializes, but he's right there yeah. in, in that second group after the neighbors and Harrison and, and Odunze top three. So, um, you know, we saw him do that. But, you know, things, things that I have questions about with him is mm-hmm. you watch him run and you see his frame and he's, he's listed at 210. I, I got eyes on him three straight days thrown around. He's he's thin to me. Right. He looks light for you know a QB, and you look at the way he runs. Is he fast? Oh hell yeah, he's gonna. I think he probably runs a sub four five for QBs. I mean for QBs, it doesn't sound like a big deal running four right. five. There ain't a lot of QBs that runs sub four five. What do you think Bay will run the best? Maybe probably in the in the low four sixes, which is right. great. Right, that's probably what Caleb will run. Right. You know, that's that's for a QB. You can't you no. can't look at Anthony Richardson last year at his it was the greatest QB performance that's ever happened Mutant. in terms of a physical specimen. Yeah, he's a, right. Absolutely. You know, so you can't go and look at anybody like there. You can look at Anthony Richardson at 240 pounds running a four four three. I think he did. Right. Oh, God. But um, you're going to get that out of Daniels. Right. But he's thin, and he is very reckless. Right. And I just see, does I don't want the Robert, 
the RG3. Like, you know, yeah. he goes and he's hot for a little while and then he just gets lit up because you're not going to have those running lanes in the NFL the way he does now. Right. And, you know, his passing rate off script, believe it or not, like, and this isn't something I hear a lot of analysts bring up, but um, he had the lowest passing rate when off of script, when move off of his spot. You flush him, guess what? He's pulling it down and he's running it. Right. And you know what's happening. 20% of the time, you know, he passed the ball when flushed. The NFL average is 57%. He went nine of 18 for 220 yards with two TDs. So, like, he cashed in when he did throw it. Right. But it's not something he was particularly comfortable doing. Right. And I wonder how that translates to the NFL, you know? Like, it's it's just everything's tighter. He has less and less time. Right. Smaller windows, all that. But, man, I, it's not that I don't like him. It's just I'd rather have Drake May's upside more. That's all. Right. Now, with May, at least for like the first three quarters of the season, I felt like he was lights out under pressure. Like lights out. And then just towards the end of the year, it got to crunch time. You know, there were some losses. There were some interceptions. There were some bonehead plays. But – I, like I remember looking at his PFF grades early on in the season, and I think he was like one of the ho- most highly pressured quarterbacks in all of college football, and he was still getting it done. So, I mean that that translates, you know. And he's not as reckless. He's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, there, there's so much to like, but with both of these guys, you know. And again, where they end up, you know, if Daniels ends up in an offense where he's got like the Falcons, let's say with uh, Drake London, with a Kyle Pitts with a B. John Robinson, now where defense is, you know, someone's doubling London, someone's doubling Pitts, a linebacker's focused on B. John, there's no spy, you know, it'll open up so much for him. So that that also comes into the equation, but I'm very excited about this quarterback class, but I'm also very excited about this wide receiver class. Malik Neighbors or Romo Dunze, because I'm seeing, I feel like Neighbors, um, I, all right, I don't want to sway you with my comments, right? Because, because, but I don't think I can. You're too powerful to be swayed by my comments, right? <laughs> so I'm gonna say them anyway. I feel like neighbors is getting disrespected because of how good Marvin Harrison is. Malik Neighbors is damn good. Like I see so much AJ. Like I feel like you put AJ Brown and CD Lamb in a blender, and you get Malik Neighbors, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that at all. Uh, when it comes to him, watching him, what really stands out to me is the acceleration on those hitches when he catches it, you know, um, in stride, coming across, the you know, on those slants. When you get the ball in his hands, they got it to him any way they possibly could. He had a 91th percentile plus PFF receiving grade to all four levels behind zero to nine, 11 to 19, 20 plus. That is extremely, extremely rare. You don't see that a lot of the time because it's, it's kind of hard to rack up those, the big grades on the short passes. Cause there's, there's not a lot you can do. He accelerates so fast. You have to understand this. And he's not small. He's like a buck 95, right? You know, it's maybe you frame six too. foot. Yep. Yeah, it was like he's six foot, but like he he's a thick six foot one ninety five. That's what you want nowadays, right? That's six foot two hundred. Like that's the archetype. You want separators, and you don't have to worry about that with mm-hmm. Lake neighbors. You want him burning people deep. You can, I mean, but again, that's what separates him, I think, from some of these other pretty talented receivers in the class. The you know the the Troy Franklins. So Adonai, another you know deep deep threat type player, but. Man, you you do it. Neighbors does it to all three levels, mm-hmm. and he's just more explosive than a Dunze. I think Neighbors is closer to Marvin Harrison Jr. than a Dunze is to Neighbors. So explosive. And 30 missed tackles forced, second most in the nation. Right, right. Like, what do you I mean? Everything about his profile led the nation in receiving uh, you know, grade against man coverage. Man, it's all that, there. Just watch it. Just all there. Man, that, so I started this segment saying that neighbors is being disrespected. We completely just disrespected Roma Dunze. So yeah, I apologize to him. But I mean, look, yeah. I'm already invested in neighbors. This is Hell a yeah. this is a Bowman U Chrome 
Right. Malik Neighbors, one of 25 autograph orange. Yeah. I, I got this. We're going to have to. If I bump into you at Canton, which we've had some discussions, I might. We're going to have to, like, man, I got Nico Collins. Oh, I yeah. got George Pickens. I got this Anthony Richardson. Uh, play, Dude, I got... Oh, I got tons sick. of Jordan Love. Like See, I, I, I go college. all I go all college guys. That's my thing because you know I'm, I'm a college dude. Well, if you, you know like I mean? college, so, how about this? How about this? I got my one of fifty Teteroa. See, I I got the next to your guys on display. Yeah, well, that's right. I got my Teteroa McMillan. He'll be he'll be the wide receiver two after Burden next year. Let's get ready. Get I ready. got I got these. Maybe we'll make a trade. I got these Michael Pittman USC. Uh, this one is a uh, national treasures right here. So that's a. All right, we're we're going. Oh, we're National going Treasures! Oh, you're flexing on me now. Oh, yeah, check it See, out. Yeah, I just I like the college stuff. I'm a college guy. That's oh, USC, wow, that's... man. It's got a piece of oh yeah, jersey National in Treasures. There. That's heavy. We'll talk. All right, we'll... last one. Yeah. Just because it's it's going to be topical. Running back again, red one of twenty five. Marshawn Lloyd. Hell yeah! Lloyd. You know, oh, in this draft class, get let's, something let's, relevant. Let's move on to that player. All right, we're gonna we'll jump around. Marshawn Lloyd or Ray Davis? See, what a segue. Yeah, Marshawn Lloyd or Ray Davis, because I know Marshawn both of them. Lloyd. I know Ray Davis down there. You know, they're down there at the Senior Bowl. So how do you feel about these guys? Well, first off, everybody knows that you don't you don't go out of you, you don't besmirch the name of Ray Davis unless you want his dad, Ray Davis Sr., to be on you. Because in the college fantasy football community, everybody knows that uh if you like there's a bit we've seen a few public floggings of people besmirching oh, no. the good name of Raymond Davis and it was it was pretty entertaining. So that's fine. Uh, I I have been Noted. invested from a college fantasy standpoint at Ray Davis for you know a few years back when he was transferred to Vanderbilt from Temple and grinded out a thousand yard season. Bless his heart. I don't know how the heck he did that, but went over to Kentucky and has been great. But look he's he's long in the tooth. You know, he's almost 25. It's not like he has you know these incredible performance metrics you know, to, to really lean on. Then I say like, all right, he's, he's, inc- I like Ray Davis. He's a good solid number two, number three running back that I, I feel like is going to be a, a dependable, you know, meat and potatoes type guy. Okay. For a few years at the NFL level. I think he is get there's more potential with Marshawn Lloyd. All right. And you look at, his billing first off he's billed at 210 pounds all throughout college at usc at south carolina uh checks in at 217 at the senior bowl very impressive didn't catch hardly any passes the whole time he's at south carolina okay goes right over to usc boom leads the nation with 17 and a half yards per catch goes to the senior bowl doubles down on that i mean just looked phenomenal absolutely no issues anybody that watched him at senior bowl knows there was no problem with what we saw out of marshawn lloyd and, and his receiving acumen he only drew like a 49 grade 49 percentile grade out of pff i i just cannot possibly uh agree with that in any way shape or form and dude i mean broken tackle 4.3 yards yards after contact that's what i'm here for fourth highest elusiveness rating 41th 41% broken tackle rate for my right. boy, Marshawn Lloyd. Bro, that is Bijan numbers. Yeah. 41%? It's just he's doing it in the Pac-12. So you're getting dinged for the Pac-12 defenses. We've right. all seen it before. It's just how it is. But, um, you know, 115 carries. Had an ACL early on. Really stunted his early career. That's why he's a fourth-year running back, not a third. But transferred to USC and really built his value. Got dinged up again. Has kind of had some issues staying fully healthy. Only 115 right. carries, but seven yards per carry. Yeah, way more explosive. Way more upside with. So the, the medical checks will be big for him in Indianapolis, for sure. That, I think that's pretty fair. But man, he looked good. Yeah, he looked good. You know, yeah. he's, I mean, he's he's doing it out there. It's not even like the medical. It's just like he he gets nagging injuries. Right. Right. Well, I'm sure they're going to be interested, you know, in, in checking that out. But I'm going to have to. I'm going to watch some film. I've been I've been diving into the DBs and the wide receivers. I'm doing running backs next, and one of my guys is Trey Benson. I'm a big Trey Benson fan. I feel like his film, not from this past season, from the season prior, felt like his vision was better two years ago. This year, I saw some cutback lanes, some running lanes that he didn't go through. I, you know, I, I felt like there was more potential for him this year. 
But what I've seen him do, I think it carries over to the next level. I think he's an every down back. I'm a big fan of Trey Benson. I know there's a lot of big fans of Blake Corum. Who are you choosing, Benson or Corum? It's pretty comfortable, Trey Benson, for me. I know. One oh, five. hell yeah. There it is. Boom. One of 25. I have two of them. Um, we're going we're gonna to trade. I'm bringing yeah, some cards Yeah, I can't wait. I think, I think I think. he has – he's certainly in play to be the first running back taken. And if you watch Who him, doesn't you know, want an FSU running back? I know, man. I know. I, I feel the same way. Right. It's um, – but you look at – the usage, obviously, that's something that gets sting. You got a three running back system that Norvell's right. running over there, and they were an awesome team. But they did lean on him once Jordan Travis got hurt, and uh, and I feel like if he was in 2022, his first year transferring over from Oregon because he originally went to Oregon. Bucky Irving transferred in there from Western Kentucky and really like did a great job just taking that over. So props to Bucky. He transfers over here. Averages four and a half yards after contact with 79 broken tackles. Right. All right. Year one. Guys, that's that's not something that that you just see every day. Like right. that is that is as high and, as and kick returns, punt like he was he was and a return man. Absolutely you know? he's doing it all. And he was electric. I wrote in, in the preseason, I wrote a, a column. My favorite sleeper running back. I it was I had to pick my number one. It was Trey Benson. Right. So I mean, I just think you saw it. And then um, I actually put out a video, if you look at my timeline over there on the Twitter X. Check it out. Uh, where I was doing my film work on him earlier. He made his ability to catch the ball. He had three drops, which is why he gets dinged a little bit. But, man, he made a few catches on tape that weren't just good. They were phenomenal. One in particular where – he was flaring out against Clemson and he caught a back shoulder at the sticks, 11 yards downfield thrown by Jordan Travis that like, I mean, everything you want to see, it was like an expert level toe tap. It was perfect. And another one against on the right side uh, for first down against Wake Forest, where he somehow displayed like a, I mean, an acrobats like contact balance to get through three tacklers in, Right, a phone booth. Like, there's right. no way you're getting three yards out of this here. He's, yeah. he's hemmed in, and I don't know. It, it was some Houdini type stuff. His like his feet of eyes. You know, oh, like, yeah. God, he's special. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I, I think that like in, in a much maligned running back class that's really getting dinged, which you know is is legit. Trey Benson's two twenty plus. Give me him. He corners and handles really well. Watch him against right. Clemson. That Clemson game. Go out and check it out. Watch how he's navigating on the interior. Like I know that he'll he there's some runs where he will kind of run in the back of his blocks, but dude, he gets over on, on the right side on one particular run, like in the second quarter, and he's going to the right. He, he kind of darts that side and he's leaning this way and he sees a tackler come and he totally changes his entire direction on the left side and does it with one step no gathering and is at full speed in two steps and it was right. just like i had just watched braylon allen and audric estime and then i watched trey benson like as a refresher heading into the combine right and it just further solidified my feeling trey benson he's to be a, a legitimate starting running back in the nfl i believe it i agree i agree all right, i'm gonna ask you this is gonna be the last question all right so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do three players. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna bunch these players together. Before I do, in your article, you referred to the third round phantom zone, and you wanted to vanquish prospects to this phantom zone. Tell me tell me more about the phantom zone and, and what it's like vanquishing these prospects there. Well, it just feels like the third round. You know, the first round is obviously the gold, where every everybody wants the first round picks. It, it's how you are able to pry away Jamar Chases and the Patrick Holmeses and et cetera of the world. You, you got you to gotta pony up. They all want them. And then the second round is like, look, I love the second round. I feel like that's where you can value hunt and get the right. Laportas of the world. You know, A-Chain fell down there a little bit sometimes. Not my leagues. Um, not in your leagues. Apology. But, um, <laughs> you know, but then you get to the third round and – you, when I listen to analysts out there, they're always saying, oh, you know, I think this guy could be a third rounder. Everybody seems like a, it's a third rounder. It seems like everyone right. in, in the entire player pool seems to be worth 
a third round pick to me right. is what it seems to be. It's like when when you want to hedge and, and you don't want to make a, a call, that's right. That's what it is, right. you know. So now I that's why I have yeah, it as I the like Phantom it. Zone. I Whereas like I feel like it's a much more you know it's it's, it's a better proving ground. Yeah, yeah. People don't care about third round yeah. picks. I hear right. it all the time. Like, oh, you know, third round picks, whatever. You need it first or second. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, look at Jalen Polk. Mm-hmm. Jalen Polk's a three one. Mm-hmm. Let me personally assure you, Jalen Polk would not be going a three one either. Right. right. That's man. Happen. All right. Jet Lad McConkie a three four stop. Well, stop hey, it. that's that's another segue. All right. No way. Malachi Corley, Lad McConkie, Roman Wilson. I, I, oh. I you know, so I I, I like Corley. Oh. I don't think Corley's as talented as McConkie or Wilson, but you also have to consider the ADP. I think he's. I think I think. Core, I mean, they all probably need a, a, a solid wide receiver one in their offense. You know, I, I don't think either of those three are going to be the alpha. I think they'll be better as the two. But I, I do like Corley. I think I love his yards after catch ability. But how do you how do you see these three wide receivers? How do you rank them? Well, Corley's actually going 210, and uh, McConkey's going 3-4, and Wilson. That'll, that'll, that'll change, I think. That'll Wilson, 310 right now. Uh, according to sleeper ADP, that is a major, major buying opportunity. People and, and Pierre Solid three four, Marshawn Lloyd at three eight. So look at all these players we've just discussed. As we really like, you have several of them here in the third round, Phantom Zone. Uh, and I would say if I have to make a call on, on one of them, like God, Lad and Lad and Roman are like my children. I, I have to go with one of those <laughs> two over Corley and. Uh, thing is with Corley, right? You look at last year in 2022. So let me explain a little bit of the lineage of Western Kentucky. This is where I can be of value, the historian. So Western Kentucky had uh, in 2021, the, the year of Zappy. Right. In comes uh, Zach Kitley, offensive coordinator from Houston Baptist, who during the pandemic in 2020 went and lit on fire three excuse me, four power five teams, one of the only FCS teams to play a power five team schedule, four game schedule and put up 30 points on each of them and immediately got hired to Western Kentucky at which he brought in Zappy and Jarrett Stearns and Tinsley and a few, a couple other guys. So it gets there at, at Kentucky, West Kentucky, and they, they light it on fire. Bailey Zappy sets an all-time record for passing yardage. Like there was five, there was for almost 6,000 yards. It was, it was insane. Phenomenal. Insane. So 2022 comes around. Kitley goes and leaves. Goes to Texas Tech. Ben Arbuckle's his top lieutenant. He goes and he takes Great the reins. Absolutely, Fatty Ben Arbuckle. He's in there, and this is Mitchell Tinsley and Corley time. Those guys go on fire. Austin Reed has a great season. The natural Austin Reed, and Mitchell Tinsley goes on to play for um, Penn State. Okay. He hits the portal, goes to Penn State after his big season. Malachi Corley goes, hits it in 2022, hits the portal. Nobody picks him up. Okay, you're, you're at Western Kentucky. It ain't hard to improve your profile if you're already going the portal and right. trying to seek out your value. You know what I'm saying? We're calling him a second-round fantasy pick. We're calling him a potential second-round NFL selection when right. no Power 5 teams went out yeah. there. And there's plenty of them who have interest. You know, like this is the nature of the transfer portal. It's, it's the it's the move on up feeding system. Yeah, yeah. That that concerns me. That being said, I, I did just want to point that out. Some of the the readers didn't realize that, even though I do like him, and uh, he is so tough, so tough. Man, give me lad. The clean I, I, breaks. The, the when you watch the film, when you get that that all twenty two version of him up there, and you're watching just how much. Incredible separation. How sharp he's breaking off those guys. He's coming back to the ball. And you're watching that, you know, he'll be right there with a defender. And you watch him go and just cut it. And the defender is doing the big round cut. And it's just, it's almost impossible to cover him in those first 20 yards. Like he's absolutely a nightmare. He's a little bigger than Wilson, too. Like he's, I want to say he's like 195. Lad is. I mean, he's not big. I mean, like 190. But you know, that's my call. I love it. I love it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this thing up. The listeners are waiting now 
for the Cult of Personality rendition. Did you did you look up the lyrics? Uh, I, I looked up the lyrics, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get it. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I should look. I should look up my lyrics, shouldn't I? Look up your lyrics, man. Absolutely. Give me one more question. Let's go. All right. Uh, one, one more, more question. I'll, 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 I'll speed through it. McCarthy or Nix? JJ oh, McCarthy. JJ McCarthy. Nicks. Easy call. You read my column. You know, I, yeah. I had. It's like the fervor is out right now. Everybody has already gotten to the. Oh well, you know, is it going to be? Is it going to be Nix? Is it going to be McCarthy? You know, who's it going to be? Obviously, you know, it's gotten like out 21, now. right? He just turned 21 and Nix is going to be 23, yeah. 24, you know? Come on. You know, that's not fair. I, I, I think it's it's been that way. I had this column out before the current fury. You've seen a few mock drafts come out where it's been clear, where it's like, all right, we, we've gotten to a point where you know, he's, he's getting the, the Minnesota Vikings buzz. You're seeing him mock there. You know what I mean? Um, right. In in very prominent spots. So with that, I just think you got to – the cat's out of the bag. But Bo I, like I, I I never thought he was in first-round consideration, to be honest with you. And, you know, his limitations, throwing downfield, handling pressure when he is pressured, something that you don't have to worry about with J.J. McCarthy, higher grade under highest grade under pressure the entire power five. So, I mean, I just think when you add all of that up, um, you know, the upside, again, the age, the performance on the field, everything. Bo Nix was running a quick read offense where he's just snapping off throws to his, his brother, Tez Johnson, and Troy Franklin, and everything's kind of done for him. We haven't seen him just go out there and scan a field. I don't know if he can do it. So, give me JJ. Love it. Love it. All right, we ready? Uh, uh, uh. You don't have to. Look in my eyes, what do you see? The cult of NFL fantasy. I know your angles. I know your schemes. I tell you, draft zero. I'll be his. The cult of NFL fantasy. Yes, they were here. They were here for you for the singing. I'm gonna cut that. I'm gonna make that a nice little YouTube short. No, I'm gonna take it. I, 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 I appreciate you coming on this evening. We're probably gonna be doing some rookie mocks down the line. I'd love to get you involved. Oh, we'll yeah, chat please. again before the NFL draft, we'll talk some player props and I'm sure we're going to be talking in the background about some other things that might be possibly happening, but uh, it was a pleasure having you on Eric. Thank you, my friend. Talk to you soon. All right, everybody listen at home. We appreciate you. We will catch you all later on. Take care.